The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Marino up over the top. Did he break the plane? Yes. Georgia touchdown. And here comes the entire team. Watch this for excessive celebration. We may have 15 hankies in the air on this one. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch of Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. As you just heard that audio from CBS analyst Vern Lundquist calling that game back in 2007 when Georgia played Florida. Georgia scores a touchdown. No Sean Marino over the top. The entire team goes onto the field to celebrate. I mean, what a genius call by Mark Rick. I mean, it's something we've never seen before, but you know that was planned, and it got the Georgia Bulldogs motivated and ready to go for that matchup. Uh, you know, they paid the price for it in the next year when they played against Florida. Urban Meyer did not forget, and he uh, definitely let the Bulldogs know that it was still fresh on his mind. But during that 2007 matchup, the Bulldogs definitely cashed that celebration in all the way to a 42-30 victory over the Gators. Now, with this SEC feature, number eight, Florida, number five, Georgia, as we've done every single week during this SEC football season, you're about to hear a fan perspective from each school, one from Florida, one from Georgia. First off, you're going to hear from our very own Mike Lawson. He's our football analyst with the Joy FM Sports, representing his Georgia Bulldogs. Here's what he had to say about the upcoming matchup between the number five Bulldogs and the number eight Florida Gators. Mike, welcome back to the sweet spot, man. Uh, how how's it feel to be back? I feel good, man. You know, I've been busy running the Corey for Mayor campaign, so, <laughs> you know, it's good to talk football a little while. How uh, how are the votes coming, or how is the campaigning going with the election, man? Bro, bro you're shoe-in. Unlike our current <laughs> election, that's crazy. You, you, you got this thing whooped, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all the love and support, man. You know I do. You know I try to do right by my people, man. Uh, now, Mike, man, of course you got – your Georgia Bulldogs with a huge matchup against Florida this weekend. Uh, one of the bigger games on tap. I mean, of course, you have Clemson, Notre Dame as well, but Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting game with him not being there. But, but Mike, man, um, talking about your Bulldogs, you know, they had eventually a convincing win to start the season against Arkansas. Then they followed up with two dominant wins over Auburn and Tennessee. But then Alabama – Scores 24 unanswered points to win 41 to 24, which also included zero second half points from Georgia. Georgia last week struggles in Lexington against the Wildcats. Maybe Halloween had something to do with that. I don't know, but uh, but Georgia, man, they've only scored a total of 14 points in their last six quarters. Talk to me, man. What's going on with the Bulldogs? Man, we're struggling on offense. I think you know. Uh, I watched Kirby Smart on his press conferences and. He never really mentions that. He acts like everything's fine. Of course, I know he's a head coach. He's supposed to do that. But, uh, man, we are struggling on offense. It's just, you know, and I can't put my finger on it. Uh, but, uh, you know, the run game is good. It's not great. The pass game is okay. I think our skill players are not getting open like they should uh, on the uh, 
you know, on the re receivers running their routes, you know, we're not getting a lot of separation, which was our problem last year. But the offense has really got me concerned uh, this year. Yeah, the offense, man, has been uh, has been spotty at best, man. Uh, we we've seen some some good things, you know, as far as early in the season and these last few games, it's been a little more uh, uh, suspect for sure. Now, Stetson Bennett, man, he started the season five touchdowns and zero picks to his first three games. But since then, he only has two touchdowns and five interceptions. You remember Dennis Green when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Right. Uh, yeah, they went. They were 1-4. They're playing a 5-0 Chicago Bears. No one gave the Cardinals a chance. You know, the Cardinals jumped out to a 20-0 lead only for the Bears to come back and win 24-23. And then Dennis Green delivered that memorable rant in his post-game press conference where he said, the Bears are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Well, after the Bama game, I was like, Stetson Bennett, you are who we thought you were, a fifth-string quarterback, and you let them off the hook. Mike, man, uh, how many more chances does Bennett have before you pull him? I, I don't know if Kirby's going to pull him. Evidently, there's something going on with uh, JT Daniels. I yeah. don't think uh, Mathis is quite ready, just haven't had many live reps. It's been a long time since he's played football. And I just don't think either Daniels does not know the offense well enough, he's not mobile enough with his knee injury or something like that, but I wouldn't mind subbing in both or trying to run two quarterbacks. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I think in this instance, you know, Daniels gives you that arm power that uh, mm -hmm. Bennett does not have, but Bennett can run and yeah. Daniels cannot. So I think with Todd Munkin's offense, he wants a more mobile quarterback. Uh, we also have a, uh, uh, freshman that came in from Jacksonville, Carson Beck, who's yeah. supposed to be dynamite. Uh, you know, so give him a shot. But um, I guarantee you, Bennett plays against Florida. I don't see them making a change. Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't play well against Florida, I, I think a change is evident. Uh, if he has another multiple interception game against the Gators, I think uh, it'll be time that Kirby Smart does something else instead of rolling you know with the punches and hoping for the best i think if uh if, if stetson bennett doesn't play well saturday man it'll it'll definitely be a change at the quarterback position so we have jason williams who played with the chicago bulls kellen winslow jr played with the browns spent some time with the buccaneers ben roethlisberger spent his or he's has spent his entire career at the pittsburgh steelers and now we have richard lecount uh, Mike, tell me, man, why do athletes continue to jeopardize their careers riding motorcycles? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, 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 there were a couple of years ago, I think it was Sony Michelle broke his arm on a four-wheeler accident, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, we're going to miss him, and he's not the only one that's hurt on defense. Yeah, you Jordan know, Davis, they, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Davis is out, and uh, we've got another D lineman that's out, and his name is slipping my mind right now. So, uh, but we, we are hurting on defense because of injuries. Uh, I know we had a, I think uh, there was one ACL tear from the Kentucky game. And, um, but there's four key defensive guys out for Georgia this week, which is 
really got me concerned. Uh, you know, if we if we were full strength defense, I might could get by with a mediocre offense with Florida. Yeah, yeah. But now that the defense is down and the offense isn't firing on all cylinders, you know, that's as a Georgia fan, that's got me a little concerned. Yeah, definitely, man. I, there's definitely a reason for concern, you know, especially like football to me. I always say football is a game where you got to score points. Like basketball, you can play great. I mean, today's basketball is totally different. But usually, you know, in basketball, you play great defense. You can get by, uh, you know, steals and blocks, create turnovers and, and push it on a fast break. Baseball, you have great pitching. You can manufacture runs, you know, steal a base, move a guy over with a bunt, sacrifice fly, that kind of stuff. But football, man, you need to score touchdowns. Like, you're not getting by beating teams scoring 17 points or 20 points. Like, you need to be able to score touchdowns to get in the end zone and not settle for field goals. So, uh, yeah, we'll see, man, with the Georgia's offense that they've had the struggles as of late, 14 points against Kentucky. You know, that's not going to get it done in this kind of game against the Florida Gators. So I'm currently joined by Mike Lawson, our football analyst with the Joy FM Sports, to talk about his Georgia Bulldogs as they prepare for their matchup against the Florida Gators. Mike, tell me, man, did you see that altercation last week between the Saints and the Bears? Uh, I did not see that. I don't watch a lot of pro ball. I didn't see that. I saw uh, uh, Florida and uh, who were they playing? Uh, Florida, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. saw that altercation, but I did not see the the pro ball altercation. Now, let me tell you uh, about those two players that were involved. It's Chicago Bears wide receiver Javon Williams, who played at Georgia. Yep. And then New Orleans Saints safety Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who played at Florida. Right. So, so, so what happened was Gardner Johnson pulled Javon Williams, like Williams' mouthpiece was hanging from his face mask. And Gardner Johnson ripped his mouthpiece off and just threw it on the ground. Well, several possessions later, when Javon Williams got the opportunity to retaliate, he went to Gardner Johnson, pulled his mouthpiece out, and then slapped him across the head and kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of braced himself for Johnson to retaliate. And then he punched Johnson again with his hand. And I was like, man, it didn't click at first. Like I knew Javon Williams went to went to Georgia. But then I started to think about it. I was like, hold on, Gardner Johnson went to Florida. Like, is is Georgia, Florida kicking off a week early? Like, what's going on? You know? <laughs> so Bro, uh, it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> stop. I, I know I know we live in Alabama and everybody talks about Alabama Auburn, but there's no love lost between a Georgia and a Florida fan. I mean, there just isn't. So it's uh it's and I have some good friends. The the worship pastor at my church is a Florida fan. My mother in law is a Florida fan, but I don't talk to her this week, bro. <laughs> Not this week. So you love her hey, you love her last week, you love her next week, but this week is a different ball game, man. Uh, I, well, it depends on who wins. Yeah, you know? that's I mean, true. That's Florida true. wins and I gotta I gotta stay away a couple of weeks. <laughs> Let it blow over a little bit. That's now. right, yeah. <laughs> now speaking of Florida and Georgia, since nineteen thirty three only two times this game was has not been played in, in Jacksonville. Do you ever wish it was a home-and-home home series where the two schools will alternate between playing in Athens and in Gainesville? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, the one game that was in the 90s, it was like 1992 or three, where they uh, were working on the stadium in Jacksonville, and it was in, Gain- in uh, Gainesville. I went to that game. Okay. And Florida beat us like a drum. And uh, that began my hatred for the old ball coach. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 
you know, it, that was a tough game to be at. I, I kind of would. There's a lot of tradition now on the Georgia side. I'm not so sure with the Florida side, but there's a lot of tradition that goes on with – uh, the people traveling down to uh, St. Simon's Island and tailgating the whole weekend before. Uh, but you lose some things with the game being in Jacksonville, like a home advantage. Um, you lose uh, some crowd noise because mm-hmm. it's split 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the one thing that I hear uh, Kirby talk about all the time that they lose, both Florida and Georgia, with ha- having the game in Jacksonville is the recruiting advantage. You can't bring in your recruits for a big-time game there. So I kind of would like to see it changed myself uh, just because I want that home advantage every other year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I would love to just route Florida in Athens (laughs) like we got beat when I went to Gainesville that time. I'm still holding on to that. So, Mike, in this game against the Gators, you know, they have a very high-powered offense, man. Uh what concerns you in this matchup against Florida? So, well, you know, I'm not really super concerned about Florida's defense mm. per se. They have a good defense. They don't have a great defense. I think Georgia's defense is better. Uh, but offensively, uh, Kyle Trask can stretch the field with the ball. He's very accurate and very smart. And he's got two weapons that really, really concern me. Pitts, the tight end, and then number one is tough to cover. Yeah. He is a – speed demon and can run great routes so those two things concern me a lot uh for this this game coming up yeah man Kadarius Tony Kyle Pitts those two guys are studs like you mentioned man and uh they got they have the right guy at quarterback to get them the ball so we'll see man how the Bulldogs counter not having your all-american safety your Richard LeCount back there to help so uh it could be a tall task for the Bulldogs come Saturday, man. It's going to be a tough game, that's for sure. Man, you know, you talked about Kirby Smart. You know, he's 3-1 uh, and one against the Gators. And the Bulldogs are looking for their fourth straight win in this series. Mike, in this matchup between two rivals, two top ten teams, who do you see coming away with this year's bragging rights, man? Well, uh, Georgia is still favored by three and a half points. Uh, I'm picking Georgia just because I refuse to pick Florida. Yeah. I, I, I'm not super confident in my pick here, uh, but I refuse to pick Florida. So I'm, I'm going Georgia, and I don't even know if they cover. I don't know if, if, they, get, if they score over three and a half on Florida. So, you know, time, time will tell with that one. Yeah, that's going to be uh... – it's going to be interesting, man. I think this is one of the more and highly anticipated games for the season because not only is it rivalry, but these are two really good teams that are both ranked number 10. Georgia's number five, uh, ranked in the top 10. Georgia's ranked number five. Florida's ranked number eight. If Georgia wins this game, man, they are set up very nice for the rest of the season. I mean, the hard part is over once the Florida game is concluded. I mean, Georgia's looking at Missouri. Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Like, the Bulldogs are set up pretty nice. If they can get by the Gators this weekend, man, uh, I think they'll definitely, you know, have their trip booked for Atlanta. So we shall indeed see between the Florida Gators and the Georgia Bulldogs, 2.30 Saturday on CBS. Mike, man, I appreciate you always coming on the show, dude. All right, Mayor. <laughs> hey, always great whenever you swing by the sweet spot, man. Good luck to your Bulldogs. It should be a good one.
All right, Corey. We'll see you, bud. All right, man. Thank you, bud. All right, bye. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Hey, this is Johnny Robinson, former GW Long Rebel. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on DeJoy FM Sports. Orful going for broke. The man there. Touchdown, Redell Anthony. <laughs> Buster Owens fell down, and then so did Redell Anthony. But uh, Anthony gets six points, and Owens gets burned. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa. As we... Continue this SEC feature, number eight, Florida, number five, Georgia. You just heard that audio from ABC. That was back in the 1995 matchup between these two teams. The game that's known as half a hundred. Um, Florida dominated that game from start to finish. They won by a final score of 52 to 17. And after the game, head coach Steve Spurrier for Florida said, he wanted to be the first opponent to hang half a hundred on the Bulldogs in their own stadium because he heard no one had ever done that before. So uh, it's a reason, so many reasons, why there's such a high disdain for the old ball coach and uh, things like that definitely didn't help his reputation any, um, you know, when it comes to his legacy. But he was a great ball player, as we know. He was a great Head coach as well. Didn't uh, work as much as he'd hope in the NFL. And I bet if he probably would admit to this day that he made a mistake making that move, jumping to the Redskins, leaving Gainesville. But Florida, Georgia, this Saturday, 2.30 on CBS. You heard from Mike Lawson representing his Bulldogs. Now you're about to hear from Nate Hamilton. He's a Florida native. Big-time Florida Gators fan. Here's what he had to say about his Gators as they look to end this three-game skid against the Georgia Bulldogs. Nate, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, Corey. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, you know, had a huge game this weekend, Florida, Georgia. 
one of the better rivalries in the SEC. You know, I'm super excited to see these two teams, the two top ten teams go at it, man. So, uh, Nate, tell me, man, how did you become a Gator fan? I uh, became a Gator fan because uh, originally from Ocala, Florida, so we're we're close to Gainesville, and uh, just just grew up rooting for them. So, did you have, did you have a favorite player growing up that you, that just kind of idolized, or you know that was your your guy watching uh, when you were? Uh, I, yeah, I kind of I was always uh, kind of a Danny Warfel fan. Yeah, that was uh, that that was the guy, and of of course the old ball coach. You know he's. He's a, a favorite, an all-time favorite. So um, I'd probably say Werfel. Danny Werfel was probably one of my favorites. But Tebow's running a close second. You know, Tebow's yeah. running a close second. Um, but, yeah, Danny Werfel, definitely uh, one of the best Gators of all time. Now, what's it like in the Hamilton household? Uh, is it all Gators or is there a little uh, house division there? No, it's uh, completely united. Uh we're all Gator fans, uh, and we're all Troy fans. We're all big Troy Trojan fans uh, okay. right now too. So, so we're we're uh, excited. We're pumped for uh, for Troy. Um, just a quick plug for my my oldest son Dawson. He uh, he's committed to play uh, baseball at Troy next year. He's a senior at Dothan High School. So uh, we're looking forward to his senior season and uh, and rooting for the Troy Trojans. Yeah, I read that uh, where Dawson committed, man. I'm super excited to, you know, to see him in his senior year at Dothan High. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have a, a chance to catch up with him and have a few conversations with him here on the sweet spot as well, man. Uh, that'd be pretty cool to sit down and, and chat with him for a little bit. Now, Yeah, definitely. Living in Tide and Tiger Country, you know, there are some Bulldogs sprinkled around here as well. What is it like being outnumbered by so many fans here in the Wiregrass area? Uh, it's definitely humbling. Um, you know, there was a very brief moment in time there back uh, 2006, 7, 8, 9 time frame where the Gators were doing well and, and uh, it was a little easier to kind of to kind of brag on the Gators. But, uh, you know, pardon the pun, the tide kind of turned a little quick. And, uh, you know, Alabama started winning. And uh, so then we kind of had to we kind of had to temper the, the hooting and hollering a little bit for the Gators. We had a few rough patches there. And, and uh, hopefully we're, we're on the rebound, though. Hopefully Coach Mullen will have, us, have them going in the right direction and, and uh, they, can, they can start winning some games again. So, Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think Dan Mullen, you know, when he was hired – I felt like that was an excellent choice uh, by the Gators. Someone who was familiar with the program, of course, him, uh, his time as offensive coordinator with Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer when he was the head coach. Yeah, Mullen, I think he will do a fantastic job, which he already has. He, you know, he's increased his win total in every season so far. So, uh, I think for sure that Dan Mullen is the right guy to get the Gators back competing in the SEC East now. Florida has seen a number of great QBs in their school's history. I mean, you mentioned a few of them, like Steve Spurrier, Danny Werfel, uh, Rex Grossman, Chris Leak, and, of course, Tim Tebow as well. Now they have another wrapping up his final season as a Gator, and that's Kyle Trask. You know, we hear a lot about Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, Justin Fields from Ohio State, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, and even in the SEC, Mac Jones gets most of the attention. Do you think – 
Trask is underrated in that he doesn't get the recognition and the respect that he deserves. Uh, yeah, I think he's a little bit underrated. Um, you know, I've heard some folks on TV kind of comparing him to Joe Burrow from last year. You know, Burrow's uh, junior year wasn't, you know, outstanding, but then the senior year was incredible. And, and Trask is kind of trending towards that same thing. But it's really – Still very early in the season. I know Trask, has, he's came out smoking uh, these first few games, uh, and he looks really good. He's got some really good weapons uh, on offense. They're, you know, the, the weapons that he has, they're the guys. They're really making him look good. Um, he's making good throws. He's making good decisions. He's probably a little more mobile than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, but... Uh, him being underrated, I think, is is a credit to the talent at quarterback that's not just in the country, but in the SEC in particular. Um, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. There just really are right now. Um, and I just think it's a matter of time. If he keeps playing well and keeps putting up big numbers, um, you know, he he's gonna he's gonna break out and and people are gonna start talking about him a lot more. So he just just needs to keep doing what he's doing, uh, and and he'll be fine. Yeah, I like Kyle Trask. He's, um, you know, I tell you that moment for me was last year uh, when Felipe Franks went down and, you know, against Kentucky, Trask came on, saved the day. Against LSU and Death Valley, he had a very, very good showing, um, you know, where the Gators almost yeah. beat the Tigers, man. I kind of felt like that whole Emory Jones getting him uh, reps here and there kind of messes up the rhythm of the offense sometimes. But, uh but, yeah, Kyle Trask, man, I think he's going to be a guy when it comes to the NFL draft. He'll probably go second round. If he falls to a good situation, I think five to seven years from now we'll be like, man, we slept on Trask. You know, we missed uh, – how come he wasn't a first-rounder? Because I think he is that type of right. guy that uh, will produce given the opportunity. I mean, it's all about where you go in the oh, NFL as far it, as the right franchise. I, I'm with you. I, I completely agree with you. We're, you know, I'm a Bucks fan uh, for the NFL, and I would love to see the Bucks get a hold of him next year and let him be on a, a talented team and be under somebody like Tom Brady for, you know, at least a year, maybe two uh, and learn from that, from a guy like that um, would definitely set him up for for success. But I he's, agree. Man. He is. He's a tough kid. He's very resilient. He's a very tough kid. He's taken some big hits and and he gets right back up. He, he and he's big. He's he's you know he's a big kid. Um, but uh, I give him a lot of credit because I remember Frank's you know the struggles and then the injury. Um, and a lot of people wanted to see Emory Jones. There's a lot of talk about that kid, especially last year, and a lot of hype. And, you know, there's a lot made about him, you know, coming to Florida with Mullen. Because uh, originally, I believe he was committed to Mississippi State when Mullen was still mm. there. Uh, and Mullen brought him to Gainesville. And so there's a lot of hype around him. Uh, and Trask, you know, I mean, there was a lot of talk about him. Um, and he came in, and he played great. And... Finished out the season uh, doing pretty well, and now he's, you know, now he's, it, it's his job 100%. So, yeah, man. Um, like you said, you give a, a guy like that credit to kind of stand in and stick with the program and, and earn his way. Cause I mean, every situation isn't that way where the best player plays. You know, like you mentioned the hype, uh, especially with these recruits that come in, they're four stars, five stars. The fan base are demanding that they start from day one. Sometimes coaches get caught up in the hype, too. I remember, uh, you know, back in, I guess, 
07, you know, as an Auburn fan, Cody Burns, true freshman. Uh, Brandon Cox mm. is a redshirt senior. Um, so he's yeah. in his fifth year. So, um, And so our first week we beat Kansas State, and then we lose to South Florida in overtime. And then that third game against Mississippi State, Brandon Cox threw two interceptions on his first two possessions. They bring in Cody Burns, and Cody played the entire way until the final drive where we're down 19-14. to They put Brandon Cox back in to lead us on this potentially game-winning drive, and he gets all the way down to the seven-yard line, and we're unable to convert on fourth down. So, um, yeah, man, sometimes it's just better to play – the best guy at that time, regardless of the hype coming around the people after that person. Uh, you know, I think it's best to go with who you believe is best for that position at that specific time. So I'm currently joined by Nate Hamilton, originally from Ocala, Florida, currently residing in Dothan, Alabama, to talk about his Florida Gators as they get ready to take on Georgia in another highly anticipated showdown between these two rivals. Nate, what concerns you about this year's Bulldogs, man? Uh, to be honest, it's the offensive line. Um, my uh, my thoughts on on the way that they can beat Florida uh, are for them to just rely on those big offensive linemen up front and just wear the Gators' you know defensive line down, uh, pound the football, run the football, control the clock, um, and, and just you know, if, if Georgia, if they play it safe and they rely on those those big offensive linemen up front, uh, it, you know, the Gators could have – they could have their hands full. You know, I'm hoping that there will be, you know, a lot of substitutions, keep fresh bodies in there to, to kind of hopefully counteract Georgia's offensive line. But they're, they're just good. I mean, their offensive line is really, really good. Um, and that's something, you know, Florida's defense, it's, it's no secret that they have struggled – at the beginning of this season, uh, and I'm—I mean, I think it's fair to say they've struggled stopping the run. They've struggled yeah. stopping the pass, yeah. um, and I think Georgia's team is set up to run the ball exceptionally mm-hmm. well. So the Gators are going to have to—they're going to have to make some stops. Uh, they're going to have to stop Georgia um, running the football and force them into some some third and six or seven plus situations um, to really be able to stay in that game. I think. Now, what kind of game are you expecting from Kadarius Tony, man, and Kyle Pitts? I mean, uh, these two are some Listen, premier Kadarius studs. Kadarius Tony is a freak. That yeah. dude is electric. Uh, whoever drafts him next year in the NFL is 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 getting an instant uh, difference maker. Every time that guy touches the ball, um, something positive happens, and. Uh, definitely getting getting him the ball, and I think getting him the ball early. I think getting him the ball early, uh, putting him in situations where he can be in, in space uh, is definitely going to set things up uh, downfield for Pitts. Um, he's another one. He's another guy that's just an absolute freak that uh, I just read earlier today that, uh, that Kirby Smart said a lot of good things about, uh, about him, and – He's going to be tough for Georgia to stop. He didn't do a whole lot last week. Um, I think he had a decent game, but it wasn't you know the monster games that he's had the, the first two two or three. Um, 
So I would definitely like to see Kadarius Tony getting the ball early uh, and, and hopefully setting some things up for Pitts to, to catch a few deep balls. Yeah, I like that mindset, man. I like that perspective. Uh, get the ball to Tony early, man, and, and let him, you know, put the defense on its heels. You know, you get him out in space, and then, okay, all of a sudden you spread that defense out. I mean, they're already going to be without Richard LeCount, uh, one of the, the best safeties in the country. He's, you know, That's unfortunately right. going to be out from his motorcycle accident. Um, you know, Jordan Davis, one of the defensive linemen, there's a chance that he may not play George Pickens as well. As a as a receiver, man. So, you know, things could be trending in the right direction for the Gators to flip things in this rivalry. As we know, the Bulldogs have won three games straight, man. Uh, now, what will it take, it, from your opinion, Nate Hamilton? What will it take? What's going to be the deciding factor for Dan Mullen to get his first win as the Gators head coach against the Georgia Bulldogs? I think it's going to take the Gators getting the lead early in the game and holding on to it early in the game. Uh, and not – I don't think that this game is going to be a blowout by any means. Uh, but if the Gators can get two scores ahead uh, and force Georgia into some situations where they have to pass the football, I think that's going to play uh, into the Gators' hands better. Uh, the game that I don't want to see happen is where Georgia just grinds the clock and they mm-hmm. just pound the football, pound the football, eat up the clock, uh, control the time of possession – uh, and, and keep this a 20-17 a to 17 game, 17-16 type of game. Uh, I think a game like that definitely uh, plays into Georgia's hands. But I think for the Gators to win, they've got to score. They've got to score early. Uh, and like I said before, they've got to force Georgia into some situations where they've got third and six, third and seven, or more, uh, some predictable passing situations. And and get a couple of three and outs, get a couple of punts. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully that uh, the Gators can do that. Um, again, though, it's going to be tough because their defense has struggled so far this year. Um, but I, I just, I think, you know, Georgia's coming off a close game against Kentucky. And I think the last thing that Kirby Smart's going to want to do is uh, put his quarterback uh, in a position where they may be looking at, at, at some turnovers uh, and giving the Gators good field position. So, unfortunately for the Gators, if Kirby Smart, if Georgia decides to go a conservative route and just pound the football and just be run dominant for the game, that could be the recipe for success. Um, but, again, the Gators' defense, it will get better as the season goes on. I, de- I just believe that it's got to. And in, in a game of this magnitude, um, this is the perfect game for somebody to step up and, and somebody to make a play. Um, and so hopefully, like I said, if the Gators can, can get the lead, can get maybe a two-score lead early, uh, I, I think that's really going to set them up for success for the duration of the game. Yeah, I like the outlook, man. I'm I'm with you on the Gators defense. I think it's I think they're coming along. I mean, you know, Ty Grantham is an excellent defensive coordinator, man. I've, you know, watched his defenses for several years, man, and I think they're finally starting to click. And what better time to do it, you know, against the Georgia Bulldogs? You know, the uh, something that remains to be seen with the number five Bulldogs, number eight Gators, Saturday at two thirty on CBS. All right, Nate. Before I let you go, man. Which team will leave Jacksonville with a win, and what is your final score and prediction? The Gators break the losing streak, 
and win. And my score prediction is the Gators 31, Georgia 27. Nate, man, uh, thank you for being on the sweet spot, dude. I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, Corey. I enjoyed it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, uh, this won't be the last time, I promise you that. So uh, now that I know you're a Buccaneers fan, I'm sure we'll have a few conversations <laughs> with the That's season right. they're having. Tom Brady, Drew, Drew Brees this Sunday, man, it's going to be an exciting matchup. So you got a, a, a jam-packed weekend there with the Gators right. Bulldogs That's Saturday, right. Saints-Buccaneers Sunday. That's right. Be a good, hopefully a good uh, good football weekend. Be Be good. All right, Nate, man, good luck to your Gators this weekend, all right? Corey, I appreciate it, man. Take care, buddy. So you just heard from Nate Hamilton representing his Florida Gators talking about what they need to do to beat the Bulldogs for the first time in four years. Georgia has won three straight. Will the Gators finally get it done? You know, uh, this is going to be a very competitive game, as we know rivalries usually are. I don't expect it to be one-sided from either ball club. This is going to be a touchdown or less tight ball game. So when I look at these two teams, you look at Georgia, we know how good they are defensively. That's been their calling card. We know Kirby Smart has always been uh, great orchestrating defenses, and this year is no different. But this game is a little different because they don't have All-American safety Richard LeCount As we know, he suffered a few injuries on his motorcycle accident over a week ago. So we're hoping the best. We we pray that he has a full recovery and can get back on the field sooner than later. So uh, the Bulldogs not having Richard LeCount is a huge blow to that defense. Uh, There's talks they may not have defensive tackle Jordan Davis either. I mean, this is a great defense, but when you lose two studs like that, you know, it can be uh, very challenging. Uh, but they do still have Money Rice. He's an awesome linebacker there for the Bulldogs. So the question really surrounds this Georgia offense. You heard me talk about Stetson Bennett. Is he for real? Or is this all you get? You get a couple good games. It was great while it lasted, but he's not the guy in the end. We shall see. I don't know. Uh, you heard my comments. I really don't have much faith in Stetson Bennett. Uh, I think this is kind of what you get. You know, what you see is what you get. They do have an awesome running game. Amazing receiving core. Kiaris Jackson, Jermaine Burton, several playmakers. But they're going to need whoever their QB is. So like I said, we expected it to be Stetson Bennett until he um, pushes Kirby Smart's hand that he has to play somebody else. But you know, you're going to need a QB. You're going to need somebody to make plays here and there to win the game because you can't solely rely on your running backs to carry you to every victory. So uh, that's my question mark for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, as far as Florida goes, we know their defense hasn't played their best ball, but seems like they could be turning the corner as this Todd Grantham defense starts to – Jail a little bit. You know, they have plenty of playmakers with, uh, you think about Elam in the secondary. You have Brenton Cox, the player who transferred from Georgia, five-star recruit, transferred from Georgia to Florida. So he's on the opposite side of this rivalry. You know, uh, Florida could be finding their footing on defense. But we know when we think about Florida, especially this year, it's been about this offense 
led by Kyle Trask at quarterback, Kadarius Toney. He gets carries. He gets receptions. This dude does it all for the Gators. Uh, Trey Grimes, he's another playmaker out wide for Florida. And then, of course, Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends in the country. I think you'll see him on Sundays making huge plays in the near future without a doubt. So, looking at these two teams, it's a rivalry game, top ten matchup. With me, with me, my opinion, the reason why I'm leaning towards this one school is because I can trust their QB more. And with that being said, yes, I'm going with the Florida Gators to win this game. I have full confidence in Kyle Trask. I think he's uh, very underrated. He doesn't get the talk that he deserves. You know, coming into this year, I looked at Kyle Trask as the most reliable quarterback in the SEC. Now we see Mac Jones kind of evolve in his game from last year. So I think there's a debate that could be had between those two QBs. But Kyle Trask is solid. Like, I I don't expect him to make mistakes. Like, he just makes the right throws. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He doesn't put the ball in jeopardy or put his team in a bind by not taking what's given to him from the defense. So, I'm going Florida to win this game, to finally end this three-game skid and take a victory. I'm going to say 27-17. to 17. Florida wins Saturday over the Georgia Bulldogs. We shall see if the Florida Gators have enough fight to take care of the Georgia Bulldogs bite. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot as we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's Closing Comments, and this is what I want to share with you today. They say success breeds envy. It's just the penalty of leadership. You know, people get jealous when they see others doing well. They're envious because 
they're doing things they wish they were doing or they could do or had the opportunity to do don't let that stop you don't let that deter you from going in the right direction from doing what God has called you to do because when you follow God's will for your life you're going to have success you're going to do great things in this world and for people as well because anytime God calls you to do something it always involves his people so yes there's going to be people who are going to be envious they're going to be jealous they're not going to like you not because of the person you are but because of what you're doing but don't let that stop you that's part of the 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 price that is paid for being successful for doing well for doing right by others everybody's not going to like you and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that just always remember why you're doing it and who you're doing it for and as we always say there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot stay in the sweet spot the joy fm sports facebook page This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.